Asker International School opened its doors in 2013 with just 35 students. Today, we have almost 400. We're still a small school, but with a big voice. This is our podcast, Uplift Ed. A podcast created by Asker International School for anyone passionate about pedagogy. I'm your host, Mr. Mark. In today's episode, I'm joined by Rebecca, a grade one teacher and outdoor enthusiast. In Rebecca's eyes, the physical classroom extends to include our natural environment, one which often involves teaching while surrounded by natural hazards and sub-zero temperatures. For her, outdoor education should be a core part of any school curriculum. Good to have you on the show, Rebecca. Thanks for inviting me. Now, I've seen you with 20 students in tow, walking out the school front door, heading towards the forest in knee-deep snow in minus degrees. For you, it's a passion. It's not just part of the curriculum. Definitely. Spending time outdoors is something I am very passionate about. Um, I think if I had to decide, describe being outdoors in three words, it would be authentic, discovery and resilience. Looking back on my childhood, I remember spending a lot of time outdoors. The minute I got home from school, I wanted to be outdoors either with my friends or family. And I think in this age, it's hard to have some quality family time without somebody being attached to their smartphone, tablet or laptop. There are so many benefits to spending time outdoors from relieving stress, strengthening immunity, sharpening focus. And there's growing evidence that both short term and working memory can be improved by time spent outside. Um, The time we have spent outside with the children at school we have noticed some of these changes in them. Okay so you mentioned growing evidence or research can you elaborate a bit more on this please? Yes um, at the University of Michigan they carried out a simple experiment which backed this theory. Um, They had two groups of students that were given a memory test and then assigned them to walk through a garden or down a city street. After their walks the participants performed the memory test again Those that had walked through the garden improved their scores by over 20%, whereas there was no consistent improvements um, observed in the participants who walked in the city. So for you, it seems like it's bringing two passions together, your passion for the outdoors and obviously your passion for education. So for our listeners, how would you define outdoor education? For me, outdoor education is an education that is based on learning and experiences uh, within nature. Uh, it offers, uh, offers unique opportunity for educators to encourage the strength stretching process in children and help them to release their full potential. It allows inspiration and creativity to take root, for curiosity and spontaneity to be released, and importantly for risk and failures to be viewed as positive learning experiences. This type of learning can help students develop the life skills and awareness they need to be confident, resilient and able-bodied adults who take responsibility for themselves and actions. Outdoor learning environments can provide opportunities for students to engage in open-ended, diverse and meaningful learning experiences that are connected to nature while being connected to the curriculum. Playing and learning in nature builds opportunities for powerful learning And I think for me, one of the most powerful quotes that I always remember is by Margaret Macmillan. And she says that the best classroom and the richest cupboard is roofed only by the sky. 
I'm glad you mentioned uh, nature there because, f you know, for a moment, maybe someone was thinking outdoor education is taking the students into the playground. But it's more than that, right? It's uh, the beach, the forests. Definitely. It's not just being in the playground. There is so much nature out there to go and explore. And I think it is important that children don't just associate the playground as being outdoors, but actually to go and explore the different types of nature that are now uh, let's be honest some of us in teaching might not be the outdoor type and we never for one moment imagined teaching surrounded by the elements i remember as a youngster i was inspired by films such as dead poet society or dangerous minds films from the past focusing on making a difference but that difference was in a classroom with four walls and a radiator yet in norway we would still be expected to teach outdoors even if it was minus 14 a carry-on-regardless mentality, somewhat Churchillian. This might seem ludicrous to those living in warmer climate. Now, you must have had comments from teachers back in England when you described this. I'm just wondering how you win, their o win them over, or do they just think you're crazy? Well, I definitely think that they thought I was crazy when I first said that we would still go outside in minus 14 degrees. Um, but I soon say to them that here in Norway, the saying goes, there is no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. So it does mean that we can still go out there. And once I've spoken with them and described the activities that the children can do, um, I think they are actually quite amazed uh, what, what the opportunities we have and the learning that the children gain from, from being outdoors. You mentioned there about the activities. We'll just, we'll just jump onto that then straight away. When you take the students out, let's say, into the forest or out uh, onto the mountain, what kind of activities do you do with them? Because this is grade one students we're talking about, right? Yes, they are grade one. A typical session can involve many different things. It usually begins with the same routine of always getting ready to go outside, so making sure that the children are dressing appropriately, depending on the weather. And for, Yeah, and for our listeners outside of Norway or Scandinavia, what is dressing for the weather in minus 14 look like for a kid in grade one? Well, definitely we say like wool layers. Um, then, of course, they need their snowsuits, hats, gloves, scarf, anything warm, warm boots especially. So they are very well wrapped up when they go outside. And then, and then now, now they're outside, you, you take them for that walk, you take them to the location where you want to engage them in the outside mm -hmm. learning. What, what does that look like? So usually we gather together as a group um, in a circle outside and we talk about what has happened in our last forest school session. And we talk about what the weather is like and what we're going to plan to do on that session. Our forest school sessions usually run for a minimum of an hour. However, you can run sessions which are more than two hours or even half a day or a whole day. Um, students participating in the forest school are free to choose amongst many different activities. Some of the activities will be introduced by the leader. For example, bug hunting, mud painting, going and collecting things, counting um, but many are child initiated. And so I've, I've got in my head now, and the minute you said bug hunting, that 20 students are going to be running back with you with an array of different animals or insects and saying, look, 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 look what I've got. <laughs> I mean, we obviously teach them about taking care for the environment and, you know, sh that we take out magnifying glasses. So it means that the children can go and explore, but not having to remove insects and bugs from their natural home. Um, so they do learn about appreciating their environment and taking care for things like that. So some of the other things they might go and 
choose to do is including building dens. They might make assault courses or building dams near the water. And I guess this outdoor experience for this young, it's about building a, an understanding and a care and a relationship with the environment. Mm. And also, in a sense, not asking them to avoid dangers, but to manage the dangers of what it's like to be with nature. Bearing that in mind, have you actually had any specific training uh, around this particular pedagogy? Yeah, I was actually very lucky that while I was studying for my PGCE back in England, um, we were given the opportunity to certify in the level one forest school training, which gave us a few days of more of an introduction into what forest school is about, um, how we can use natural space for learning. We were introduced to a range of activities that we could do with groups of children. And I myself even learnt practical skills such as shelter building, using tools, building campfires. And from there, one of my goals is now to become a level three certified forest leader. Now, some parents and educators might consider outdoor education as something that should be completed at weekends or after school, definitely not during school time. You know, the classic statement from some parents or educators might be more maths, more reading and writing, please. Have you come across this and how do you respond to such parents? I mean, what are your trump cards, so to speak, in order to dismiss their concerns? I can certainly say that I have come across parents who will question why their child needs to spend more time outdoors. And I have been asked, how can they possibly be learning outdoors? So I'm always prepared for these type of questions to come along. Um, but once I start to talk to, to parents about the rich social interactions children have when they are playing and learning outdoors and how it encourages the development of their oral language and vocabulary they begin to have a slightly different attitude towards the learning once they start to see videos of their children looking at numbers outdoors patterns being able to measure counting these are all things which can be easily accommodated in the outdoor environment and I think sometimes perhaps parents don't see the connection that can be made. So once those photos and videos are being shared with them, they start to have a different approach to the outdoor learning. And I guess, you know, one of the uh, learner profile characteristics is balanced. And, you know, putting students inside a classroom for six, seven, eight hours a day doesn't really come across as a balanced approach to education. No, definitely not. I think it is important, you know, when I speak to some of the children that I'm teaching currently and they say that they spend a lot of time indoors on their iPads now and if we can just give them that bit of extra time where they can be outdoors and they can go and explore, they can be a risk taker and do things that perhaps they don't usually get to do, then I think, um, yeah, it's certainly a very positive thing. I'm aware that four classes in, in Asker International School from Grade 1 and Grade 2 are now engaging in weekly outdoor learning sessions regardless of the weather. Was it difficult to get your colleagues on board? Because this is very much a teacher-initiated strategy. Yeah, I mean, I am very fortunate that I am working with a group of colleagues who have taken this outdoor learning approach in their stride and have been very supportive of this way of learning. They themselves have seen the benefits over the time of the forest school training and the positive effects that it's having on their students while out outdoors. What are your top tips for any educator considering making outdoor education part of the student's weekly staple diet? Before you go outside with the students, you yourself needs to go out and explore 
what outdoor area space you have on your own before taking the children. Um, I suppose that's about also whilst you're there doing a risk assessment. Exactly. So just ensuring that you know exactly what is there and that the children will be safe in, in the activities they'll be partaking in. The first time, do something simple and let them learn their boundaries. You know, here there, there isn't a fence around before you get to the water. Um, so it's, it's helping those children to learn that, okay, we know that we can go all the way up to this area here, but not beyond that. I suppose that's similar from, from my childhood, mm-hmm. where, you know, there's a lot of freedom to go outside and play. But your parents always said, you know, you go as far as this street, this car park. Uh, this shop here mm. and by eight o'clock if you hear me shouting for you mark it's time it's time to come in i suppose it's kind of similar in that sense very much so um and the children they learn very quickly exactly where they need to be and it gives them that um ownership of being outdoors that you know it's, it is down to them to also take the responsibility um to stay safe um i would also recommend having a consistent schedule for going outside forest school is done over time it's not just a one-off thing that is done once and then you leave it for weeks on end it does need to be consistent so I'd recommend having a a set time each week that you can go my other tip when you're out there let them play and explore as well as giving them something that they can focus on so we always set them a challenge when we get to the forest and once they've completed their challenge then they have their time to to go and explore in groups but for some teachers the idea of the words you just said just let them go and explore now we're Mm. talking about six-year-olds here in grade one in a forest in minus degrees with snow with ice and your words are just go and explore that seems quite scary to some very yeah i mean certainly at the beginning i you know you do have to to set the boundaries with them you do have to take them around the area so they become familiar with the area as well and that they feel comfortable confidence and comfortable to be moving in that but as the weeks go on you will notice they are so much more confident in being in that area and that is the time that they can go and explore more once they understand the boundaries then they are able to do that and i'm i'm supposing here and i'm assuming that there are other members of staff with you you're not just one person there on your own no we have a group of us that go out so we always have Um, at least two teachers and two assistants with us that come and support us so we ourselves will spread out within the area that they're allowed to go into and so we've got an oversight of of them during their time in the forest final tip would be if you're feeling nervous just go and do it it is it can feel a big step to to go out there but once you start to see the positive impacts it's having on the children the enjoyment they're having the conversations they're having yeah it's incredibly rewarding and for both the teachers and the students Rebecca it's been absolutely superb to have you on the show thank you Uplift Ed is an Asker International School production a small school with a big voice thank you for listening